You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. I'm going to get it out of the way real quick. My name is Charlie. <laughs> my name is DJ. And my name is Sean. We're the 3 a.m. podcast. We tell first and second hand scary stories. And if you're listening, you're a 3 a.m.er. <laughs> oh, Sean just <laughs> gendered our listeners or whatever. Correct. <laughs> Labeled them. <laughs> and we're just a bunch of friends, including you. Uh, Not for real. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. How's everyone's holiday? It was good. Uh, like, you guys already know we tried to record four or five episodes and save up because I was in California and Portland for two weeks. DJ was in Hawaii, Hawaii Nay for two weeks. <laughs> Sean was down in Arizona for one week. Yeah. So it's been a while. True. I forgot how to do this. Same. Like, <laughs> this is weird. What are we even doing right now? I don't know. So did y'all ask all your family members? If they had good scary stories? All the ones I saw, yeah. And did you reap any rewards? Did you find some treasure? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Neither did I, so. No treasure. How about you, Deej? I asked a handful of people. Well, we were talking about my, my podcast came up in our podcast. Sorry. Oh! oh. <laughs> forgot. This is mother, That's how it's going to be. This is, this is Mother Russia. I forgot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> All uh, of the my. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> or our bad. Our bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, my girlfriend brought up the podcast with some people, so we were talking about it in the group. And it was like one of her family get-togethers. Mm-hmm. So some people were saying that they had some scary stories, and they'll send some in. But I ain't seen any yet. I ain't seen none hmm. yet. Hmm. Well, my story tonight comes from... Seth, Ooh. asking, he said, he said, this is how it is. He had his entire in-laws at his house. So his house was packed. Like all of his wife's sisters, brothers, kids, mom, like they were all there. And he like, they all sat down for Thanksgiving dinner and the straight up, like the first thing he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Who has scary stories? <laughs> <laughs> and he went around and like asked everyone. And he said, this was the best scary story from that night. So when I share it, that's nice. where it comes from. Cool, cool. I'm excited. Just doing the Lord's work. The most diligent 3 a.m. missionary out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did y'all ever <laughs> prank dial 911 when you were little? No. I did. Me too. <laughs> well, my dad taught me about 911. And then I called. Like, like right bl- after he's sitting there or what? No, 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 no. When he was gone, <laughs> I wanted to see if it worked. <laughs> and when they answered, you didn't trust your dad. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta like, find I'm out just... for myself. <laughs> <laughs> just curious. 
uh, when they answered, I hung up. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Ding 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 ding. Exactly. That's not a red flag for them. them. I left them on red. (laughs) (laughs) So they sent somebody over. Oh. (gasps) (gasps) I mean, they're not just gonna be like, oh, they hung up. They're good. They (laughs) I. So they sent just one cop over, (laughs) and my dad answered the Mm. door, and he had to explain. Oh, I'm just teaching my son about nine one (laughs) one. My, I don't remember my dad being mad. Well, your dad's <laughs> pretty more chill. just laughing. Yeah, he is super chill. He's just like, why you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's laughing at the same time. But We did pull a fire alarm in a building one time, though. Where was that at? It was in Nashville, Tennessee. What happened? So w- once we pulled it, we're like, oh, <laughs> we can't get this to go back up. Who convinced who to pull it, like how to go down? I did not physically pull it. It was one of my siblings. I did not have sexual relations. <laughs> <laughs> but when we couldn't figure out how to put it back up, uh, we left. And as we left, we saw fire engines coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> down the road. Have you ever heard that the water that they use in the, what's it called? The fire hydrant? Like the sprinkler, sprinkler system. system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is usually like, smells so bad. I've heard that. It's stagnant yep. and just sits inside. It's been in there for years true yeah i've heard that i've never um, experienced it i know someone who said they experienced it who said it smelled like ass <laughs> so i have secondhand knowledge of that so there was this one time where we had the pipes burst in all of the fire extinguisher whatever's that were going through the ceiling like those pipes they froze overnight and then burst, and then all of a sudden water was coming down through the the building as well. And it did smell really bad. Oh. Yeah, recently my little brother went to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and he's 13. And I guess he was so tired that after he washed his hands, he forgot to turn it off, the faucet. <laughs> so he goes back to bed, and my parents wake up in the morning to go to work. And they come out of their room, and they go downstairs. And it is raining on the first floor because <laughs> everything flooded. So it's, it's like coming through the ceiling in the kitchen. Yes. Oh, oh no. They had to replace the flooring of the entire house. Oh, oh There are some rooms that weren't affected, but they were like, might as well. Like, Dang. The if you're going to 99 it, might as well. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100 it. Can't have like two rooms with cedar and <laughs> yeah. the other mahogany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like middle class. That's fancy. actually <laughs> one of my pet peeves is when I walk into a room. And there's different styles of wood for like a like table, a, dark a chair, wood, soft wood. the f- panels on the floor. It's it bugs me. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> you know what's a trend that needs to die is like inspirational quotes on your family room wall or something in your like living sticky. room, like on the wall, like vinyl lettering where it's like. I love my live, laugh, love. That's always <laughs> that's always my like yeah. example, yeah. bro. We are in the heart, the mecca of that. Mm-hmm. Mormons love that stuff, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've been into some houses and I'm like, good hell, bro. The <laughs> other one that I hate is the established this year when they were married. So whenever they do a f- family established 1990, I'm like, that's so stupid. I hate you. <laughs> so you guys were just not existent before then? Or? Yeah. 
You're just mad because you're not married, dog. See, we ain't exist. <laughs> Salty. House. Married people. Uh, my family just bought a brand new house here in Utah, and they're slowly furnishing it, and Flex. it's exciting. But um, my mom got a few frames of these words and quotes, and she was like, where should I put these? <laughs> I'm like, right back in the store where you found them. La basura. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's sad. She's already changing. She's losing. She's losing her island way, bro. Yeah, but my dad came at me with, uh, "When you buy your house, you can choose what you put inside it." I was like, "Frick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we both know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we millennials like experiences over things. <laughs> yeah. You know that none of us have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have things. <laughs> Any New Year's anecdotes? I have one. You have some. Oh, I have one. Hawaii pops off for New Year, right? You guys see the video I yeah, sent? Yeah, dude. Chat? Hawaii is, I don't think people understand, like, how many fireworks are in Hawaii. It was my entire childhood and youth just blowing things up. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my best friends in middle school, John, John Hansen, shout out. Uh, <laughs> his dad was an avid gun collector. And they didn't hunt. They just like going to like the range mm-hmm. and shooting. Only child. They had some money. And they also had a cannon. <laughs> I'm talking like Civil War cannon. It's like the same one that brought Captain Cook's ship down. Yeah. <laughs> just Kakamora, coconuts. <laughs> um, but they had a cannon. And New Year's Eve, every hour, starting at like 6 o'clock, they set it off. That's some medieval you, shit. You could hear it. They shoot it into the forest, dude. Boom! And it's so there's a shock. Can you get like there's a shockwave from it. Cannonballs on Amazon or like <laughs> <Yeah>. how? <laughs> no, you go to the artillery store in town. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what? It's Craigslist, bro. the black market, the real dark web. <laughs> But what you slang, cuz cannon, cannonballs, dog. I'm a real arms dealer. Yeah. <laughs> See how round this thing is? Established 1776. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they would set this cannon off every hour, and I lived maybe a, a mile away, and I would hear it every hour. If you were there at their house, you could feel the shock wave from it, almost just a small like push In on your, your body. Yeah. <laughs> And pictures would fall off their wall. <laughs> Car alarms would be set off. That's just my homie, John Hanson. Bro, Lord have mercy on anyone who works like night shifts in Hawaii <laughs> near New Year's. Some yeah. surgeon, some heart surgeon is like, let me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, though. Um, before, aerials were legal. And then when I was 17, I think, they made it illegal. But, but we still got him. <laughs> Hawaiians were like, nah, bro. Yeah. Uh, my dad's like Filipino workers would just supply us with all these fireworks and they were the best. Filipinos be like that, bro. I know, dude. <laughs> just aerials and whatnot. There was one year where a cousin of mine, so everyone would hang out in the garage and it was like a potluck. We had a lot of Chinese food and everyone's just hanging out in the garage, eating, laughing, playing games, hanging out. While people are standing right outside, yeah, playing music and stuff. People were right outside of the garage, lighting fireworks, throwing them into the street. Um, we would throw fireworks into the gutter because the volume it would echoes. amplify like times five, and it was really fun. I don't know. 
Um, one of my cousins thought an aerial was one of the regular fireworks. Uh, so no. he's standing close to the garage. You're supposed to put these aerials in a tube so it shoots up in the air. And we have like concrete blocks holding these tubes to anchor them down. These have three explosions. One to set it off into the air mm-hmm. and then two pops in the air. Mm-hmm. One of these boxes of 10 costs like a hundred bucks. So you're burning money. <laughs> That's what fireworks are. Um, but he thought it was a regular firework. So he's like in the garage, like on the edge where everyone, like moms, aunties, grandmas are eating. All the boys are lighting things on fire on my uncles and dad. Dad's. Uh, <laughs> and he lights it and... <laughs> On uh, the last second, we always wait to see how long we can hold on to it before we throw it. That's a stupid game, bro. Because <laughs> like whether it's like a ground flower or like the crackling ones, we like to like hold it and at the last second throw it. And right when it leaves our hand, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just what it is. But uh, we're like, I saw him just at last second. I'm like, and his name's Kamalani. I'm like, Kamalani. <laughs> That's an aerial. <laughs> he, he looks at me, looks at the firework, and starts to throw it, and it goes off right as he lets it go. It goes off once, shoots straight back into oh! the garage where everyone's eating, sitting down, playing. And you just hear, boom, boom. <laughs> and they're all, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> A day that will live in infamy. <laughs> They're back. On December 31st. <laughs> like, I thought we made peace with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, um, did people get hurt? <laughs> nobody got hurt, but we didn't know for the first bit because the entire garage was just filled with smoke. And we had to wait. Ears are ringing. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's not dead. Sound Everyone's off. flashbang. <laughs> yeah. It's like Call of Duty with a concussion Mom! grenade. Mom! <laughs> But no one was mad. Everyone was laughing, and it was the funniest thing. No one was mad because no one got hurt. Yeah. But yeah. the second you're like, everyone good? And yeah. then just and laugh. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> New Year's oh. is a fun time. But I sent everybody in our friend group, in our group chat, uh, just a video of New Year's Eve this past year, two days ago. Uh, <laughs> wild. People are on the freeway parked. <laughs> and like just 360 view. Handing across fireworks. everywhere, just aerials going off and it, oh, just killing that ozone. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> let's make a goal next year. Let's spend New Year's in Hawaii. Mm. Cool. Let's we'll do we'll do plan it. a live show strategically. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's dope, man. I was just gonna say fireworks in general. It's funny. It's like one of those unnecessary carnal human desires. Mm. There's no reason why we should have them. In fact reasons point that we should not <laughs> but it's like government sanctioned it because even like old people who make laws are like yeah let's blow things up <laughs> just one day a we year, get that know? we get yeah, that yeah, yeah. i get you <laughs> <laughs> just go buy some groceries and that's so. how the purge ends up getting started yeah. <laughs> one day a year fireworks purge <laughs> it's funny how we have that but it's fun that is odd when you were a kid though when I was 14, I had the opportunity to go travel to Spain for three weeks unsupervised. <laughs> you shared this a little bit. You talked yeah. about the castle. Uh-huh. I have like, I could do a whole ep. This is also around the time that I allegedly used to <laughs> take things. 
also known as stealing. <laughs> so anyway, but I'm not going to go into that. What I will go into is we flew into northern Spain, which is known as Basque country, also known for a lot of terrorist acts. <laughs> Apparently, it's pretty hood in northern Spain. And we flew in and landed New Year's Day or New Year's. Yeah. New Year's Eve. So like around 12 a.m. on New Year's Day. And as we're landing, legitimate bombs are going off in the city, <laughs> like terrorist bombs, but also like celebration bombs. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of both. It, it was so crazy. We were looking out the window and it was just like things were like blowing up like way bigger than I'd ever seen in California because we're allowed to have like a sparkler. <laughs> California, you can't have any aerials. You can't have anything, bro. It sucks. But uh, so, yeah, I'm it's so dry there. So <laughs> I know when you when you're talking about baby with the water running, I was like, my California heart was just like, damn, we need that water. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we're looking out the plane window, just watching these crazy explosions in northern Spain. And then the next day, the airport that we landed in, someone bombed that airport. <laughs> so like that airport I landed in had a terrorist bomb go off the next day. So it's just wild. That's like my wildest uh, New Year's experience. Oh, man. Um, it's really common in Hawaii because Asian culture is big, especially China, the Chinese culture. So the Chinese believe that, and I think they might have been the ones who made fireworks famous. I mean, all the factories are there, right? If like anime taught me anything, the Chinese <laughs> made gunpowder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were using it for like pretty explosions, and then the Europeans were like, if you point this shit at other humans, <laughs> you might be able to conquer half the world. <laughs> but um, I don't know if that's factual, but that's my own. Oh, it is. <laughs> um, Chinese believe that uh, loud noises scare evil spirits away. So uh, on New Year's Eve, a lot of the old people would hang out in the house because it was hard to breathe outside. And they'd have their own little thing inside, have the food, and just hang out with all the other old folks. Just comfort. <laughs> yeah, just be comfortable. Yeah. Reminisce on how they used to do what we were doing on the outside. <laughs> but um, when New Year's Eve hits, even they inside are like banging pots and pans. And that's like a way of celebrating too. And like making noise to scare off evil spirits and welcome in the new year with good ones. Interesting. So it's like the more like rowdy and loud you can be, the better. I knew there's a reason. <laughs> I knew there's a reason we're so rowdy. Yeah, so that one dickhead that told us to be quiet a couple of years ago. I was about to New tell Year's. that story, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead. Go, yeah. So, as you all know, it's the new year, and with new year comes New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and about four years ago, when I was still living with Sean, DJ, Jordan, and Sean, DJ, yep, that's it. Uh, <laughs> when I was still living with the guys in an apartment, um, I had decided that I wanted to make a resolution to watch the words I say. So I was going to try to use less profanity. Because well, if sure, you know sure. me on a personal level, you know that sometimes it's like every other word. <laughs> 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 and it gets a little out of hand. So I told the guys, I had come to this conclusion. I was pretty serious about it. And I shared it with them. And I was like, you know what? I'm really going to try this year. And I just want to be more mindful and try to be less quick to anger and things like that. And they're like, damn, that's cool, bro. I remember that. We like sat in a circle before the New Year's hit and we were like, what's everybody going to try work on next year? And we all went in a circle, said our piece, and that was Charles's. And I wiped, I wiped the tears from my eyes because I was just so genuine. And then we went outside and we looked at the clock and counted down as it reached 12 a.m. 
and we just start yelling and celebrating. I think we had poppers and stuff, and we're just joyous. <laughs> I think we put a firework down a manhole, which might be illegal, <laughs> but for the same reason because it echoes. Yeah. So allegedly we did that anyway. And as we're yelling and celebrating, and I'm just re- and I'm just thinking about my my newfound resolution to be better. Someone opens the window of their apartment and goes, "Hey, shut up!" And without missing a beat, I turn out and say, "Shut the." F- so it's 12.01 a.m. And I was like, dang it. Damn it. I failed. I'm done. I'm crying. And if I were legitimately Japanese, I would just take my own life right there. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that next year. Oh, I don't know anyone who's failed a resolution faster. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. Tw- it was it like wasn't 12. even 1201. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> seconds after we started. Uh, We're yelling like, Happy New Year, lighting like all the fireworks at one time, and as many as possible, and just hear somebody's window open. Shut up. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love New Year's. Welcome back, guys. Should we, what? Question time. Question. My question is, should we just get into uh, our stories? <laughs> Let's roll. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. <sighs> I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it'd be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three. DJ's three, I'm 13, 17. 17. So I win. So Sean, Charles, then me. DJ. DJ. All right, guys. I got a story for you today. Have either of you heard of the Hope Diamond? Yes. Okay. Now, before I get into the story, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. But do you believe, and how much do you believe, that items can be cursed? I think anything can have power if you give it power. 
I think I legitimately think it is possible. Okay. To have a cursed item. It's possible. I think it's entirely possible. Okay. Okay. So now, real quick though, what do you know about the Hope Diamond? Okay, I maybe don't know. I thought it was like the biggest diamond or like the two carat diamond or whatever that's like on display somewhere. Almost got robbed, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of similarities, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the Hope Diamond is 42.5 carat diamond. Yeah, so what I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's on display in the Smithsonian. So also what you said. It's also allegedly one of the most cursed items in history. Actually, I think I have heard this. Keep going, though. Okay. So the uh, way that it goes is the Hope Diamond or the Tavernier Diamond or the French Blue brings bad luck and death to the people who own it. So starting around mid-1600s, there was a a French merchant who got into the diamond market as it started blowing up, and he made several trips over to India to get diamonds and bring them back and then sell them to the uh, royalty and anyone who had enough money to buy diamonds, right? So on one of these trips, he comes across the, at this point it gets called the Tavernier Diamond because that's his name, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. And there are people who believe that he purchased this diamond off of some of the people living there, and there are people who believe he stole the diamond Sorry, what region did he obtain it from? India. Okay. Now, either way, there are a lot of people who believe that this diamond was stolen from an Indian statue within an Indian temple. Bro, is this is this uh, Indiana Jones two <laughs> Temple of Doom? <laughs> I'm not temple, saying Temple of the Crystal Skull. I'm not saying it's not. So he's like, and then there was a small Chinese boy named Data. <laughs> <laughs> But it could be. I don't know. Huh. So uh, there are a lot of people who believe it was stolen from that temple. And part of this comes from actually a story that this guy wrote. Kind of in in his journals, he wrote like a story about a thief that steals a diamond from a temple. And before he escapes the temple, is caught by the gods and punished and killed. Hmm. So a lot of people believe that that was kind of like his confession that he'd written in his journal or whatever. So... Once he brings it back to, and at this point, it's like 68 carats. So it's huge. It's this huge blue diamond. You know how roughly, like a size, like a comparison? It's about the size of a golf ball or like an egg. Yeah, something like that. So not very big. (laughs) I mean, that's big. But I was assuming like like a rugby ball. No. So with that being said, he brings it back to France, and he sells it to King Louis XIV. Now, King Louis XIV has it cut down a little bit to be shaped more like, because it's kind of just a rock at this point. It's like unrefined. Yeah. So he has that done, and Tavernier is one of the first people that runs into bad luck because of this diamond. Is He's eventually banished from France because of religious reasons, and King Louis is trying to... uh kind of make it more Catholic, right? Uh-huh. And is that a picture of it? I feel like that was in Titanic, bro. Dude, it <laughs> might be, bro. <laughs> is this the diamond they have in uh, Oceans, the one with all the girls? The one that they steal from the Met Gala? 
Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Either or. Either King, or. King Louis? Yeah. He banished it, or uh, Tavernier eventually gets kicked out of France. And the way that he supposedly met his end was being attacked by wild dogs on his way to Turkey. At this point, he was living in Moscow, going down to Turkey. They brought his body back and buried him in Moscow. But then King Louis, four out of his five children, ended up dying as children. And he ends up dying of gangrene, which was a rough way to go back. Well, anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, he meets his end. Passes it on to King Louis the Fifteenth, King Louis the Sixteenth, and King Louis the Sixteenth is married to Marie Antoinette. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's familiar with the French Revolution, that, oh, they both get beheaded in the French Revolution, and it was said that King Louis the Sixteenth would actually let Marie Antoinette wear the diamond mm-hmm. around her neck. They both met that end. So after that happened. It was looted from French royalty, kind of dropped off the map for a little bit, eventually pops back up in England. I can't remember who it was with. But he basically squanders the fortune of King of England and gets fat, and <laughs> he gets cataracts in his eyes so he can't see, eventually dies of like internal bleeding, and he's basically squandered their fortune so the children sell the diamond. And it goes. It gets, ends up in the hands of a diamond salesman named Wilhelm Falls, and his son murders him, steals the diamond, and then dies. It ends up in the hands of another diamond merchant or salesman, who him and his wife and his kid end up driving off of a cliff. It ends up in the hands of. I I'm, I'm, I forgot the body count. I don't know what the body count is now, but <laughs> it ends up in the hands of, it was Sultan Abdul Hamid II, who was known as Abdul the Damned. So in his possession, this diamond, he ends up going through these revolutions and all this stuff happens and eventually the fall of their kingdom there. <laughs> it, and they all attributed it to this diamond. They all attributed it to the diamond. Mm. And they say that either people who own it or come in contact with it are cursed. It ends up in the hands of uh, the Hope family. That's why it's named the Hope Diamond. It was in their family for a long time. He ends up dying. It gets into the hands of another diamond salesman whose name was Pierre Cartier. Oh. And he's kind of the one who put this story together. And when he sells it to someone in the U.S., he put a six-month like return policy on it saying if any misfortune comes on you in the next six months, you can return it for equal value. So this guy understood. Yeah. What was his name? Pierre Cartier. Did they call him Cardi P? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So he sells it to the McLean family and they're the owners of the Washington Post. And it's it's basically owned by Evelyn McLean. And it, she actually, at one point, took this diamond to be exercised. <laughs> and the way the story goes is that when she took it to the church to be exercised, they were doing whatever it is that they do in exorcisms. 
And on this clear, sunny day, these clouds appeared out of nowhere above this church, like dark storm clouds. And once they finished with it, they kind of went away. Hmm. Now, that did not stop her child from being in a car accident and dying. And then her husband leaving her for another woman. <laughs> Eventually, and, she, and she's to the very end said she did not believe in the curse, even though they took it to be exercised. Conflicting. Okay. Conflicting story. <laughs> but that's what she said. Eventually sells it again to another person who is one of the only people that really was never cursed by the diamond. His name was Harry Winston. And all that he would do with it is he would take it around to shows and let people see the diamond. He's and, like, everyone touch it. <laughs> oh, no, he wouldn't let him touch it, but he would do, donate all of the proceeds to charity. Mm. And then eventually he's like, F it, I'm going to sell it to the Smith. Or no, he gave it to the Smithsonian. He's just like, you guys have it. He didn't even care. Wow. But then he he basically put it in a U.S. postage and or U.S. Oh. Postal Service and sent it. And the postal worker that took it to the Smithsonian apparently had his house burned down right after. And he lost his wife the next year. It's just like the wildest story. <laughs> None of this sounds real. <laughs> it's all real. It's all like historically. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I hear you. And now it sits in the Smithsonian, meaning technically it's owned by all of us. Whoa. We paid taxes on that. All of us are cursed. That's what it is, bro. That's what it is. <laughs> we figured, <laughs> we got to take diamond. that diamond back to India, dog. <laughs> there was, I was reading... Uh, Destroy it from whence it came. Mm. <laughs> Just put, throw, throw it back into the fire. <laughs> Isilda! Cast it into the fire! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh... I like all of that I was with until that one husband was like, oh, damn, I cheated because the diamond. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I, like, read... I swear, babe. <laughs> I, I freaking love you. Yeah, it's the diamond. It's the diamond. <laughs> I uh, was reading a ton of articles about it and then ended up getting caught up in the comments of these articles. <laughs> and? And there were some pretty funny ones. There was one guy. He said... Um, I'm going to give this diamond to you, honey. This is the greatest thing I could give you. And then I'm going to leave you for another woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was one that said, let's let's take it back to India. Maybe that'll solve it. <laughs> Have you seen a movie? That's how you solve this. Any movie ever. It's not hard, dog. <laughs> Put it back where you found it. Yeah. The old adage. Yeah. There you go. Told by all parents. <laughs> yeah. There's truth to it. Mm. But, like, that's that was the wildest, like, series of... People just getting screwed from owning a diamond. Just think, there's other diamonds. True, true. But it was wild, like hearing it. And I think too that a lot of the personalities of the people who owned this diamond probably would have met the same fate. That's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like at some point you're just attributing bad things to the diamond because like everyone has stuff go on, and I can't just be like, damn, this because at one time I winked at a witch doctor. You know what I'm saying? Well, and it all goes back to the one fool, Cartier who, like, got the history of all these things happening, and, like, I think he did it to make it sound even crazier. That was my thought. If, if It's like, yo, I have this diamond that everyone wants. If it has I'm gonna a tell, story. I'm going to tell everyone it's haunted AF. So, one, it becomes more renowned, and two, they ain't trying to steal it because it's hella cursed. Yeah. It works both ways. Yeah, that's just marketing, dog. Yeah. Also, <laughs> back then, everyone was dying from gangrene. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone was dying from everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, those pack of dogs. Like, I cough on somebody and they die <laughs> yeah. in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, Bro, dude. I heard if you listen to a whole episode of 3 a.m., you bleed out your ears and die. Well, I heard if you <laughs> listen to a whole episode of 3 a.m., you win the lottery. Oh, damn. Dude, I heard that <laughs> if you don't listen to the whole episode of 3 a.m., your pee-pee will become inverted <laughs> or you will sprout one. Your pee-pee become a VV. <laughs> <laughs> We're children. All right. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> On one last note, something I thought was super creepy is scientists decided they were going to examine it, and they did some tests on it. And one of those tests was they exposed the diamond to ultraviolet light. Violet or violent? Ultraviolet. <laughs> ultraviolet? Ultraviolet. Oh, yeah. okay. You keep saying violent, like some <laughs> angry-ass <laughs> light. Ultraviolet. <laughs> ultraviolet. This light's aggressive. Bro, your light's ultraviolet, dog. <laughs> Turn that down. <laughs> Sorry. And then they turned off the lights, and instead of glowing blue or green, like normal blue diamonds apparently glow green, it glowed a bright red. red. Wow. And that's, like, hella creepy, too. Like, definitely haunted. Like, forget what I said about these people. It's haunted. It's cursed. That's legit. That's weird. <laughs> when I was little, I was hella obsessed with the tomb of Tutankhamun. Oh, yeah, mm, dude. King Tut's Hella tomb. cursed, bro. And, like, apparently, yeah, mad people involved in the uh, ev- ev- the evacuation site. What's that word? Uh, excavation. Excavation. Uh, hell of those mofos died. <laughs> uh, I'm always, like, interested when you hear about, like, movie sets that are cursed. So, like, the exorcism, the original exorcist. Right. The uh, one girl. That like, movie set, like, people died who were involved in the production. It, didn't they say, like, Hella somebody accidents hung themselves, and you could actually see that in one of the scenes? I think that's in Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yes, right, Wizard dude. Of Oz. What about uh, the Passion of the Christ? I heard wild stuff Mel happened. Gibson. What's the wildest Well, he's thing? the director, but, like, the dude who was playing Christ while he was on the cross during set got struck by lightning. What? <laughs> Damn. And survived. God's like, mock if my son, dog. Yeah, if that's not a warning... <laughs> I don't know what is. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> we're like, I know we're like halfway through making this movie, but I, I'm done. <laughs> I stop at lightning strike, so <laughs> that's my limit. Yeah. That lightning insurance, maybe. Got to put that in the contract. <laughs> the girl who played the little possessed girl in Exorcism, she almost broke her back because she was hooked up. So, like all of the effects in that movie, there's like no CGI, right? So they had to figure out practical ways to create these effects. And one of the effects is her um, being like, I don't know how to explain it. She's she's lying down and she sits up really fast in her bed. So she's like, boom, 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 like that, right? Right. And so they had her. I ain't sh- seen it. They had her strapped to a board, like a, a, a plank up her back that would like jolt her forward to sitting up and then pull her back, throw her back to lying down. And as they were doing that, it's like really violent and fast. The straps came undone and the metal board just like was smacking the hell out of her back and almost paralyzed her Damn, that's just like one accident of a whole laundry list why didn't they like put some pad on that shit or something bro it was like 1970s they had no science or use like a doll (laughs) she's also a child dude like she was 13 or something when they filmed yeah why didn't they use a doll (laughs) anyway Uh, well said is done what 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 what's what's done is said (laughs) 
<laughs> In Chris. You're trying to be smooth right there? <laughs> what's the actual phrase? I don't know. I what's think. done is done. What's done what said is done. <laughs> Damn. This is the first mistake of 2020. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Yeah. So other cursed things, that's cool. We should like look that'd be cool to cover some of the things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, this year sucks. <laughs> Next year, that'll be my year. Yeah. 2021 is going to be my year. That was dope. All right, so I'm up. Like I said, this story comes to us from Seth, and this happened to Seth's sister-in-law when she was 11. So Seth's sister-in-law and her brother were home alone. Their parents were out of town. But her brother was 18, so they were like, everything's fine. You know, he's going to watch the house. So parents are out of town. She's 11. He's 18. And he has three friends over to hang out. And they often came over and spent the night and hung out when the parents were out of town. And so she did her own thing. She hung out downstairs while they were all upstairs. And she's downstairs. She's watching TV. She stays up late, you know, enjoying herself. And she falls asleep on the couch. Uh, After a while, she wakes up. And the whole house is dark and it's quiet. So she looks in the kitchen at the clock and sees that it's past 12. It's like 12, 17. She's like, oh, I'm going to go upstairs and go to sleep. So she gets up and she walks up the stairs. And the layout is at the very top of the stairs, directly to the right, is the brother's room and his door shut. And there's a long hallway down. At the end, the hallway splits and on the left is the parents and on the right is her room. Mm-hmm. And right outside of her door, there is one small nightlight. So it's almost completely pitch black, but she can barely see a glow down the hall. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's, she's tired. I mean, she's 11, so she's probably a little scared just running up the stairs. <laughs> she gets in the hall, and she gets halfway down the hall towards her room when she gets a feeling. And she described it. She said, it was almost like I heard something, but I didn't hear anything. And she feels someone staring at her from behind. So she stops and she turns to look back down the hall towards her brother's room. And there's now a black outline, a a figure standing outside her brother's door, staring at her. And she's staring at it. She said it was so dark she couldn't tell who it was, but she could tell that it was a male. She knew it wasn't her brother because her brother's pretty short and this figure was tall. So she assumed it was one of her brother's friends. Either way, she didn't feel good. So in the three seconds they're staring at each other, the figure takes a quick step towards her. Oh, She turns around and sprints to her room. So she runs to her room, and luckily, her door has a lock on it. So she, the second she gets in, click, she locks it, jumps in her bed, pulls the covers up, but doesn't cover her face. So from her bed, she can see under her door, mm-hmm. and there's one strip of dim light. From the nightlight. And she, as she's staring at that light, she sees a figure step in front of the light, standing at her door. And in her mind, she said, this is how I die. And she fully expected for the figure to try and get in her room. And just as that feeling kind of mounts, her brother coughs 
from his room. Like a very loud cough at the other end of the hall. And as he coughs, the figure leaves. So she lies in bed all night, terrified. Doesn't know what to do. Super unsettled. And every scenario she plays out in her head, there's still no real reason, innocent reason, for that interaction in her mind. Until finally she falls asleep into a restless sleep. And then next morning, that's all. That's always how it happens. <laughs> like after something traumatizing, like a nightmare or even like an experience like that, I feel like you knock out super hard. <laughs> Either you stay awake all night or you just... His zongsu. Yeah, you're down for the count. Mm-hmm. Well, in her case, she didn't really get a good night's sleep. So next morning, she goes downstairs. Her brother's like eating cereal or something. And she's pretty upset. And she's like, hey... I don't know if you guys were playing a joke, but that wasn't cool. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't, wh- wh- which, whatever one of your friends like chased me in the hall last night, I didn't like that. Don't do that again. He becomes really concerned. And he's like, who chased you? And she's like, I don't know. I couldn't see it was dark. She's like, well, when did it happen? She said, it was like 1230 when I went upstairs. And he goes, all of my friends left at 10. None of them stayed the night. And so he became super concerned, asked her a ton of questions. She told him everything. And he's like, you sure you weren't dreaming? She's like, I'm positive. Like, I stayed up in my bed for two more hours because I was so scared. Uh, He obviously calls all three of his friends, which all denied, like, to the death that it wasn't them. And they never found out who was in the hallway with her that night. Hmm. And in my mind, like either way is creepy because one yeah. way, one of her brother's friends who was around 18 stayed in the house until everyone was asleep to wait to like interact with her or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or it was a ghost, which would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Or it was a stranger, mm-hmm. which would be terrifying. All scary. I can't think of like any other options. Like that's all there is. And then if it was one of her brother's friends, that's even more scary because like he remained friends with them forever with not knowing like who it was. And you don't know if he did it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she had never told anyone this story and Seth was like, "What? Like how how have you not told anyone? Like I don't think they told their parents like this story." And she was like, "Yeah, I just like never thought about it." But at, when you're asking it, like I remembered that experience. And I I don't know. That to me like interactions like that are almost the scariest thing to me is like real life interactions between real human beings with potentially malintent. There was definitely malintent. I mean, at the most innocent, you were just wanting to scare a little girl, which is a little creepy. And we all know what's I like the most, you know. I love the illustration of her in bed and watching, like, everyone knows the light under the door, the little crack. You just see the shadows of the two feet. And every every time you pray, I don't see those shadows. And 99.9% of the time, you, you don't see shadows. Mm-hmm. And in her case, yeah. Someone stepped in front of the... Oh, gosh. See, that's why you don't want nightlights, so that you don't see I prefer whatever see, it is. <laughs> I prefer to witness. Oh, being trapped inside somewhere with something, it's like the worst. Like, I'd rather be out in, like, a open field or something where I can see everything. 
or just anywhere where I could have like a like a vantage point and be aware of what's around. I don't know why the story is so triggering for me. It like hits all my check boxes of like a scary thing. Hmm. Just like being watched, being alone with someone, someone like planning that interaction or like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's always 10 times scarier when you don't know what you're dealing with. She could never make out like who he was or what he was. There's no closure for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that creep was probably just around you after that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Yeah. I did see a fact recently about, actually, it's in a book I'm reading right now, but you can attribute most, they speculate you can attribute most um, paranormal activity to uh, wood expanding and compressing. And so when the wood heats up during the day, as opposed to when it's starting to settle at night, and some of those sounds can sound like a person moving around in the room, stuff like that. I thought that was interesting. It's like I've heard that before, but there's apparently some study where they actually like quantified that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's why like old houses like groan and yeah, like make noises. Um, But that would make sense to me. That's hella Uh, random. But it was just a thought. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I have one about an old house. Ooh. Can I share two stories? Uh, I guess. The first one comes from Pleasant Grove, Utah. Whoa. PG. So this made it to the papers. Not sure if it made it to the live news outlet to TV. But I have the article that details this and I was reading through it. This started, this investigation started. So this is about a house in Pleasant Grove, Utah, a small town. And Pleasant Grove is right up against the mountain for people who aren't from Utah. And that whole valley, and in fact, that's where, like we lived in Provo. We've talked about that before. And Provo and Pleasant Grove are about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes away from each other on the freeway. And so it's all up on the mountain. Really pretty there. And during the school year, kids would walk home to and from school. And a group of kids noticed that this home had overgrown grass and started to look old and untouched. And for the most part, people aren't paying attention until these group of kids noticed that chained to a pole was a dead dog. Oh, that's messed up. Already decomposed into a skeleton. So it's been there for a while. Been there for a while. So the kids get some authority and cops come by to check it out. And they knock on the door. There's no answer. They turn the door handle. It's locked. They walk around the perimeter and all entrances are locked. So they get the authorization to enter into the house. I don't know if it was that same day or sometime later, but they end up breaking through the door and entering into the house. And they're searching through. Everything is old and dusty. At one point, they come across a room, and in the room on the table are the makings of a bunch of different bombs. What? So... When they find that, they take some precautions and step out. They call a special team to come in because just in case the house is booby-trapped or if they're dealing with live explosives, they just want a team that can handle that. Yeah. So they get that team to go in, 
and they're searching through. Thankfully, fortunately, there are no booby traps, but they do come across a dead body. And they come to find out that this dead body is the owner of the house. It's an old man. Hmm. And this old man, after taking the body out, running whatever, forensics or um, an autopsy, and whatever else they needed to do, this man has been dead for one year. <laughs> and it's funny because, I mean, the whole house smelled like death. So um, that, I'm not sure if that... Like, what's what's the funny part about that? Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious because uh, he's dead. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm wondering if the people who first went in we're thinking, you know, if there's a dead body inside the house. I um, wonder at what point it stopped smelling. Because I feel like, you know, decomposition, let's say over 100 years, it probably wouldn't smell. Yeah. So, like, where is that threshold? I have no idea. I think within a year. If it was untreated, it would still smell terrible. Right. Yeah. Take it, by that point, taken over by rats Ugh. and yeah, bugs and, yeah. Um, obviously... The dog died because the man was dead and couldn't tend to his dog who was chained, which is really sad to think about. Okay, That's it the was real chained victim. up like like it was on a leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When you said chained up, I thought you like meant like it bondage was and stuff. Chained up to like the pole of something. I was like, why would you do that? Like burning at the stake, kind of. <laughs> That's thing? what I envisioned. <laughs> I I'm like, sorry. I apologize. Just B2K out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they take this body. They try to find relatives or friends this man had none Hmm. dang so that's why nobody was around to check on him that's why his body lay that laid there for a year i don't think like pleasant grove isn't rural enough for like that to not go you know what i mean like he had neighbors right Mm -hmm. that's creepy it's not some farmhouse like miles away from everyone true true but uh it's funny because my girlfriend is from american fork and she told me in high school like what the demographic or the stigma was for each high school in uh, surrounding towns. So like Alpine is like the really rich district. I'd agree with that. And at one point they were really well known a few years ago for having like the most suicides in their high school in the nation for that year. Alpine? Yeah, Alpine. Um, Lone Peak High School in Alpine. Yikes. Um, The school that she went to, American Fork High, was famous for like Everybody knew American Fork High is like the most teen pregnancies. And Pleasant Grove, she said, is where like all the druggy and crony kids were at. So, which kind of surprised me because Pleasant Grove isn't ghetto. At least I, I haven't been in parts of Pleasant I Grove also, that were super ghetto. But when she said that and I just put this story together, I don't know. There probably are ghetto parts. And if there are neighbors, maybe they're lower income or... I don't know. They they did show the picture of the house and it had like tall grass and it was very unkept, which makes sense. But I don't know. Hmm. What were you going to say? I was going to say like I could see that being the druggy part compared to their high schools. But if you put that like next to a high school in Hawaii or say, Phoenix you or I, you and I California. hear that it's a druggy part of Utah, it's like that's like middle class in Visalia where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I hella scoff when, when Utah try to tell me. When people from Utah try to tell me like, yo, there are parts of Utah that are dangerous, bro. <laughs> I'm like, 
eat a dick. <laughs> uh, not compared to California. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. West Valley is, can get pretty bad. I feel. I have some family from West Valley, and they they talked about how growing up they would hear gunshots outside of their apartment building. Okay. So that sounds normal to what I grew up with. Yeah. Like the town where my high school was is like where all the Section 8 housing and all the, the projects are, and there's a lot of violence and gangs and drugs and whatnot but i'm also not saying like prove it to me that utah's hard because i know there's hard people here i'm just saying like let's be honest the majority of utah i walk around with zero fear <laughs> yeah i haven't been scared once while i've been in utah yeah. which, uh, while i've been in utah which is a good thing and there's legitimately sections in my hometown where i would i tell people do not go yeah, yeah. i had a friend whose older brother was stabbed to death for wearing a red hoodie like that's the that's the crime that he committed to die like that's that's what could take your life yeah and it's pleasant grove is not one of those places (laughs) it's it's funny because like being from hawaii which is pretty ghetto i didn't realize that till i moved here and then i went back for like my first christmas and i was like oh freak like hawaii's pretty behind (laughs) on the times (laughs) um and i think it's funny when people who come from like ghetto places kind of like are proud about like how ghetto they are it's like they (laughs) try to out ghetto each other yeah yeah it's just like (laughs) bro you talking ghetto we we're ghetto because of a and b and whatnot and it doesn't matter because you're right so i'm gonna be quiet having having (laughs) still having nice having a nice neighborhood here that's the ideal like i mean hopefully it's like you mad that utah's safe yeah 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 um This isn't the end of this story. Oh, so okay. this is what made the papers. What I just shared. We have a listener. Her name is Olivia. Thank you, Olivia, for sending in the story. Shouts. But Olivia visited this house after all of this made the news, and it was still there, abandoned. It was open, and she, her boyfriend, and two of her friends, four of them in total, went to go check this house out. So. They're all excited. We've been in that situation before, checking out abandoned places. I know exactly what, what that's like. It's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. They walk in, and apparently Hazmat or whatever didn't take care of the house, didn't do anything besides take the body out. So everything's there. The Everything bomb material? Oh, I'm sure they <laughs> took that out too, but like they didn't like clean the house or really strip it down. I, I wasn't sure what they were planning to do with the house because I think at this point the house isn't there. So I think at, at some point, yeah. yeah, the government, because he had no family and mm. or friends, they tore it down or something. But they were able to go before this was torn down. So they walk inside the house and immediately the smell of death was oh. just straight up in their face. And it smells terrible. Uh, they can barely handle it, but they, they decide to press through because they want to see, you know, what they could find. Mm-hmm. They don't really find too much besides everything's old and dusty. And they do find a huge stain on the carpet in the room. I think it's the living room, she said. And they think that that's where his body was decomposing. Oh, Because that's where the smell was the strongest. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. So that was really terrible. They go upstairs. They go into the basement. They don't find too much. When they're finishing up, 
and they're back on the main floor. They're just kind of hanging out, looking through the last couple things, and they're just about ready to leave when she's standing at the top of the stairs of the basement, and she first hears running footsteps. Oh, nope. And turns as she hears and sees that something is running up the stairs towards oh, her. Oh, fuck that. Get the <laughs> fuck out. So she yells at her friends, we need to get the hell out of here. And they bolt out the door and don't look back, and they never go back to the house. Ew. It was running up the stairs. Running up the stairs towards I her. got the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> Did she see anything? She saw a figure, like a... Did anyone Outline, else like see a it? She hadn't gone down in the basement yet, though, right? I think they already. I think they had, had just come up, from which the makes it creepier oh, because because whatever were, it was was down there. They were with it, or like if it was some, apparition. if it was like some ghost or apparition, it was like it came afterwards. And mm-hmm. yeah, having something there with you, scary. Yeah, not having something there with you, and then having something s- there with you, <laughs> scary. <laughs> Either way, you're messed up. Um, but oh, that was damn. her experience in the house in Pleasant Grove. I take my I take what I said back. Pleasant Grove is pretty ghetto. <laughs> I would <laughs> I stand firm. <laughs> in uh, one of our previous episodes we talked about fight, flight, freeze, submit. I'd like to think yeah, I'd like to think that I would kick that thing straight in the chest as mm-hmm. soon as it got close to me. Send it back down to the basement from when it came. Just Spartan kick it. Yeah. That's no, the exactly. first thing that came on my this mind. Was not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is not okay. Yeah, yeah. Running upstairs, who does that? Mm. Yeah, but glad Olivia was able to uh, survive, survive, and send that story into us. You know, because the content. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But yeah, shouts out Olivia. All right, I have my second story. Second story comes from a couple, Christy and Kenneth Manzanares. And Hmm. they are from the Beehive State, which is Utah. Oh, damn, bro. So I got two Utah hitters for you. It doesn't take place in Utah. They embark on a trip to Seattle. From Seattle, they get on a cruise ship, the Emerald Princess, that is set to sail to Juneau, Alaska. And you've been on a... Nope. You've been to Alaska, though. Yep. Pretty. The best. It's pretty. You didn't go to Juneau, though. No. Anchorage. Anchorage, super beautiful. Anchorage, Alaska makes Portland look dry (laughs) and tame, (laughs) which is not the case. (laughs) Yeah, which is funny, because the whole city of Portland is... Nestled in a forest, it's literally a rainforest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. W- wouldn't you agree? Like, it's insane. Next level, I would agree. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna cut straight to the climax of this story. No foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> straight in. So, Kenneth murders his wife. What? The f- what? <laughs> murders his wife. In the cabin that they are staying in, blood is splattered all over the cabin, floors, walls, ceiling, everywhere. While she's getting murdered, she is screaming for her life. These screams are heard by many people 
on the cruise ship, including the people right next to them. While she's getting murdered, nobody bats an eye. What? And this whole thing continues on for a decent amount of time. Nobody calls, nobody checks. What nobody seriously nobody bats an eye. The way that he gets caught is he grabs his wife's body, starts dragging it, opens the door to the balcony of the cruise ship, and starts to throw her body over the balcony into the ocean. He doesn't notice that the next balcony over is somebody watching this thing go down. At that point, this person grabs Kenneth's wife by the ankles and pulls her over to his side. What? And to his balcony and then alerts the officials. Does this sound weird? Yes. Yes. <laughs> how does this happen? What do you think? Oh my gosh, hold on. Whoa, 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 I didn't whoa, whoa, realize whoa, whoa. I was solving something, dog. <laughs> hold on, give me a second. So 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 like how did she get murdered or like what what What's is that going question? On? Why yeah. did it all play out like this? Why did it all play out like this? What's weird about this to you? The or fact that no one said anything in the first place. People heard these screams. Give me a second. I can crack the case. People heard the screams. Were they like joyful screams at first or like... Nope. Bloody murder screams. Bloody murder screams the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want so hard to solve this mystery. I know you do. <laughs> so the mystery is why no one said anything? Like, why did this happen? Why is it weird? What What's actually happening? What's really going on? Yeah. What's really going on? So it's a murder mystery cruise. <laughs> You're right. Oh, what? I am the best, dog. I swear. <laughs> FBI, hit That's me kind up. Of hit your boy up. Hold on. I'm not done. <laughs> there's more to the story. So there's murder mystery cruises that go to Juneau, Alaska. And he actually murdered his wife no you're exactly on the right track this was a this cruise was taking part in a murder mystery and there were 3400 passengers 3400 passengers all in the same murder mystery huge cruise uh let's go <laughs> yeah let's this man this. killing his wife but like straight up no murdering each other okay guys <laughs> they at least pinky promise kept the yeah. buddy system Bro, you better Swear to me. <laughs> Swear your life. Okay, so murder mystery cruise. Okay, so all of that the neighbors, the people staying next to them, thought that it was part, part of, of the, the plot. Mi- They're part hella of the committed to this. <laughs> yes, they were. Until he sees a body being dragged out and he grabs it and then alerts officials. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he tried. When I say he, Kenneth, the husband, the murderer, tried to jump off of the balcony. Himself? Himself to, I guess, commit suicide and end it before he got caught. But he got caught. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't have much else to this story. I'm curious if he was planning on doing that the whole time. I think so. What were you about to say? Are you about to like surmise it? No, I was just going to say, I don't have much else to this story. I, I just want to capitalize on the fact that people heard somebody getting murdered and didn't do anything about it. And it wasn't their fault because of the 
context they were in. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like super hardcore diffusion of responsibility, which can happen in crowds. Like there's studies on it. If you're in a crowd of more than eight people, you feel like someone else will step up and take care of the situation, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which has happened, which does happen. So I thought that it was just like a weird extreme case of that. Mm-hmm. But no, nope, it's just people being like, damn, like let me sleep. <laughs> the mystery can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, do you think he booked that cruise because he was planning on killing kill? her? Or he just like snapped, she ate his Cheetos or something. And he just I went bet wild. he did. I bet this was a slow burn. This is something that's been stewing in him for a long time. He was planning on killing her and dumping the body. Mm-hmm. And then he decided, oh, Let's go on this cruise ship because that's the perfect place for me to. True, but get if rid he was you. planning on doing that, you'd think he'd have been able to do it with less sound happening. Dude, murder itself is extra. Murdering someone on a murder mystery cruise is <laughs> extra extra. <laughs> Dude, oh my. Dude, you're a level 100 murderer. What a nerd, bro. Except he's oh a level gosh. 1 because he got caught, so. So, <laughs> not that that not that that's a <laughs> not that you should str- uh, <laughs> no I, I know what you're saying that's hilarious and got, also terrible we're sorry I meant hilarious that I solved it <laughs> I know I was not that slightly the disappointed but so stoked for you at the same time one of our favorite games to play while growing up and this is with my cousins from Las Vegas Seth and his family was a game called Crack the Case. So it's this box, and straight up we should buy it and play it. But uh, it's this box with like 200 cards in it. And if I'm the moderator, I read about how someone died. And then from there, you guys are allowed to ask yes or no questions. And the first one to solve how the person died wins. What's it called? Crack the case. I was pretty good at it growing up. Yeah. So when you were talking just now, I was like, I can do this. (laughs) I once, sorry, I was like eight. And we're playing in a room of like 20 of my parents, aunts and uncles, and older cousins. I'm eight. They're all way older than me. And we're all playing Crack the Case. And they read the card. And as an eight-year-old, I solved it in front of everyone. And I just felt like a god, dude. I was like, yes. (laughs) And they're all like, yeah, that's right. How'd you know that? I was like, I don't know. Just did. I'm just a serial killer. Yeah. (laughs) I just be like that. Dude, we did a similar one in, I think it was middle school. Pretty sure it's middle school, but there were a couple short stories that our teacher had in a binder, and it was like a, it was just like a puzzle, like ex- riddles exercise, and we had to figure out, you know, how it all came to be. And I'll tell you the one that she told us, the one that stuck with me, and I'm telling it from memory, from 15 years ago. So, so. I forgive you if it's not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, a woman's dead body is found in the garage of her home. Officials come over after they catch wind of it. They investigate. They haven't found the murderer yet. They're questioning the husband who says they're just getting home from a long road trip, visiting family out of town, just him and his baby. The wife stayed home for whatever reason. So he wasn't there when she was murdered. And they're just asking him questions and going through all these different things. They're going throughout the the garage and the house to see if they can find anything. 
and they're not getting any clues and he seems to be telling the truth and while they're interrogating him he has his baby in his arms and he's bouncing the baby up and down and they decide that they're done questioning him but they want to take another look throughout the house and they're like can he show us around the house and take us to different parts and he's like yeah sure um that point he has some like his brother come over just to be there with him and has his brother watch the baby while he takes him to the house and they're still in the garage and sets the baby on on the hood of the car and um, just waiting for for his the husband to take them all throughout the house. They don't find anything. They leave. It was something along those lines, and I probably told it terribly, and we might take this off. You know it, huh? The hood of the car wasn't hot. Ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> I was gonna be driving. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, man. That's crazy. Because <laughs> it was a Tesla. No. Because <laughs> it was a Veyron Bugatti and the engine's in the back. <laughs> that would be fun if we could find stuff like that. Like riddles and stuff. Yeah. That'd be cool. And do it on here. That could, instead of questions. I love oh, that could riddles. Be something we cycle through. Cool. Anyway. That's fun. That's all I got for you guys. Shout out Seth. You're the god, dude. Shout out Olivia. Shout out Diamonds. Not shout out <laughs> Kenneth. Kenneth, yeah. you trashed up. F him, dude. You nerd ass. <laughs> you extra, bro. Yeah. <laughs> murder in a murder mystery. Just ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Some sickos, though, were probably like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yo, yo. Okay, okay. I forgot to tell you this. All right. So one of the Friendsgivings I was at two months ago, one of my really good friends, Willow, she matched with a dude on Tinder. And she decided, <laughs> she's actually way funny. And she's not ditzy or dumb. I, I just think she's a hilarious person. So her pickup line to like everybody she was chatting with for like a month prior because she's single was, do you want to come to my friend's giving? <laughs> 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 Which I guess is could be safe because there's a lot of people there that she knows so we could protect her if anything were to happen. Yeah. But one guy, and if you think about it from the other perspective, that's weird. It's like, I'm coming to your friends giving. I don't even know you or your friends. <laughs> so what is this supposed to be? And she's not trying to get serious. She's just <laughs> thinks it's funny and <laughs> wants a plus one. <laughs> wants to fulfill that ticket. But she ends up finding someone and he says yes. Oh, Whoa. gosh. So low key, I'd be pissed though if like one of y'all brought a Randa to our friends giving. I'm like, who the business <laughs> can do that this year? <laughs> tell this weirdo, no, bro. <laughs> tell a square to get out of here. Day oneers only, dog. But anyway, we uh, so th- this friends giving is at an Airbnb. <laughs> really extra. It's a nice big house on, a, plot, golf, this on plot, a golf course. Plot is getting thicker. <laughs> yeah. This guy's turning on his find my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so. We invite him over, or she sends him the address, and just a little bit before it starts, I'm there all day cooking, cleaning the house, getting it ready with my girlfriend and a few others. We even have, like, his name tag, like, on the plate. Rando for him. <laughs> yeah, Rando. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're fully expecting him to come, and he shows up. Oh, gosh. A little bit before it starts, but we start a little late from when we're supposed to. Um, So he's there for like half an hour, 45 minutes, just chilling, talking. 
I ended up making a connection with him because he lived in Hawaii for a few years, and we have a bunch of mutual friends. That's weird. Yeah, he's like two years older than me. Um, and we're just we're in the living room talking, and I think it's good because it's like, oh, we found a connection. So yeah. I can feel a little more comfortable when his date is trying to make a joke out of it. <laughs> he's, he's friends of friends, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, you're good. Five minutes before we start, he's already there for 30, 45 minutes. We don't find him anywhere. Okay, well, that's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. I don't like that. Because we start, and one person says, I think I saw him on his phone and walk out the door. I think. I'm going to be like, I'm going to need you to know. So we look through the house. We can't find anything. This is a really nice house. One that we decide that after we're done with dinner, we're going to play Murder in the Dark, which we decided before <laughs> he got there. I would be out, dog. I'm like, sorry. Like, There's no. someone who's actually waiting to yeah. murder us we, in the dark. We play. Did you check the crawl spaces? <laughs> we play. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, this dude is dedicated. <laughs> uh, I am waiting for this man to come. I'm waiting to punch somebody in the dark. And he's a pretty big dude, like my size, which is above average. <laughs> and it's definitely not Filipino or <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we don't find him. He's not there. He actually left. But it was also because his car was gone. Uh, so you, you and we found that in the beginning. You, but you haven't seen Willow to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shouts out Willow because that was pretty hilarious. That's that's actually creepy though. Like. It like w- I wouldn't probably do that with someone because I'm thinking I'm going to get sacrificed probably. Yeah. Like, like you, you would be the rando. Yeah. yeah, if I go and be the rando at someone else's Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving and they all know each other, they're all in on it. I don't know what's going on. <gasps> Wait. He left after realizing that you guys know mutual people. So he's like the jig's up. Like they know who I am. Well, our mutual friend. Do you know what I'm saying? Is yeah. one of, he's no longer anonymous, so he's like, I can't, I can't pull off. Maybe, that. yeah. Well, wh- the, his, our mutual friend, one of our mutual friends, is one of my best friends. So he's like, dang it, I his gotta go Col- find another victim. His name's Kalima. You guys remember him, the big dude? That's he's my favorite Hawaiian restaurant, Maori. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I texted him the next day. I was like, Yo, your homie came to our friend's giving yesterday and diffed on his date. What's up with that? And he was like, "Oh yeah, we weren't super close." But <laughs> he was kind of he he was kind of a nut, as he put it. Did he say that he fool was... broke out of a mental institution or something? Uh, I don't know. He said he recently got divorced and was going through it. So yeah. okay, my bad. Never mind. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. that's still a little heavy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, dude. Sorry. Back to the Rando. Tinder though. Like, if the girl's tagline is "Take me to abandoned places," <laughs> what's your first thought? <laughs> I'll heal you, brother. <laughs> uh, that's creepy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is 3 a.m. after hours, by the way. Thank you for listening. Uh, stick around if you want to hang out for 3 a.m. after hours. Anyway, continue. The reason I'm I not going to victim blame, but like it's. I recently saw someone that had that. Yeah. And advised them to take that down. I would be like, I wouldn't do that. My dad would always tell me, you can't expect to go to the mud pit and not get muddy or go to the pool and not get wet. So Tinder's the mud pit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get muddy. You said that. (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, live your life, make your choices. If you want that to be a tagline, go for it. Personally, (laughs) that's like asking for some trouble. 
It's also a little like creepy. I would never go to an abandoned place with someone I didn't know. Yeah, first timer? No. Yeah. Hell no. I'm not trying to get murdered. No thanks. Like, I mean, anyone. Why would you do that? I think we okay. I think we established a couple things first episode of 2020. <laughs> uh well, first episode recorded 2020. Right, right, right. We're gonna do riddles until people tell us it's annoying or we should stop. Okay. <laughs> uh we should book a murder mystery cruise. Yes. I to Juno, actually. Hell to do that, dog. But then I would be nervous the whole time that someone, some idiot is actually going to kill his wife on this thing. Yeah. And then three, we should play uh, Crack the Case. Mm. We'll be down it's in my cart right now, bro. Ooh, how much is it? It's not cheap. Really? <laughs> we'll be down in Vegas in a couple weekends, and Seth has it. Oh, let's play it. Okay, let's do it. Down, very down. Uh, in the after hour segment, let's talk about growth of the podcast. Do you think people are interested in that? I think so. If they, I don't know. What do you mean? Some like, people what are do you mean? so. So we started this podcast last. Notice I said we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just razzing, yes, comrade. Razzing your berries. <laughs> we started this podcast like February last year. Didn't really put out our first episode in March. We literally yeah. were. We didn't take it serious at all. Yeah, we, <laughs> in fact, it was so not serious <laughs> that we took down the first three or four episodes because they were so low Dude, quality. Kaka. Yeah, <laughs> mainly because they were low quality. Like we, we had one ratchet mic in the middle of four of us <laughs> and we were sitting on camp chairs that creaked as we Charlie's basement. Apartment. apartment kitchen that was like 600 square feet echoed it was smaller than like a large closet yeah yeah and yeah you could hear the chair our camp chair squeaking you could hear my air conditioning like humming in the background half the time <laughs> you can hear so much of the room noise all of us decided to talk over each other constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we'd like to think we've gotten a little bit better from that just a little bit though but because of quality we didn't think it was up to standard with what we wanted over time as we've developed and progressed a bit we decided to take that down but some of the ways we've progressed numbers we're consistently getting ab- above 3000 downloads a month closer to 4 mhm and uh so that's individual people downloading and listening to our episodes 122 of them in the Netherlands for some reason yeah so last night we all got together to kind of gro- go over our growth and kind of look at and so the website that we use to host our podcast shows us a map of where people are listening and it was straight up shocking like we're some random person in like all over estonia i think, I think 40 <laughs> countries yeah 40 something yeah. countries are listening to us 65 people in australia granted it's like there are a few countries where it's just one listen, one download. India. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 India's one. Which is homie. funny because India, don't you have the most people? Yeah. Dude, one out of a billy, though. That's like, we're doing all <laughs> yeah, right. We're, we're getting there. We have Share one that with a friend, China, please. Probably Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two country that listens to us most was surprisingly Which one? Netherlands. I thought it was New Zealand. It might be New Zealand. Are you sure? Yeah, because they were one. That one was like three and okay. Netherlands was, Netherlands was third. Then, yeah, eleven. It's just, but it's so crazy to us. Our goal with starting the podcast was if we could get one random person who legitimately listened to this, like unironically, and was, and, and, <laughs> and, and express like their happiness or appreciation for it, 
we'd be happy. That, and also we just wanted to document some of these stories for ourselves and for future family, children. Yeah. And just to have fun as a group of friends, because we've been friends for a long time. We would do this regardless if we had a podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. we would sit, like, we do. We've done it. We've done this. We've been doing this. We just decided to start putting a mic in front of our faces and putting it online for you guys. But anyway, yeah, uh, we have definitely received more than one person expressing their gratitude for our podcast. Some people have, a good handful of people have told us that they've been going through some of the roughest things, whether it's dealing with death in the family or depression, just different struggles in, in life. And they've come to us to listen to our podcast. And that's been the one of the few lights in their life at, at those dark times. And no flex, no, no mm-hmm. brag. It's like, and a lot of them say the same thing. It feels like I'm a part of your friends. And I can say sincerely, and I'll speak for you too right now, but like, you are a part of our friends. I don't know. Like Autumn, all of, yeah, I don't know. She's one of our earliest people who reached out to us and like expressed, you know what I'm saying? There's I a, legit consider her a friend in my life is what I'm saying. There's a handful of people that have reached out or even just engage regularly comments and DMs on our Instagram. Lou? Um, we call them our day oneers and we we know who you are, so thank you and I mean, obviously, at this point, we would like more people to listen, and we hope that this could catch on with more people, and we're working towards that. What's your goal? Like, what's your end game for this podcast? Money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I want to make money off of this, but I want it to come out of us working hard and enjoying ourselves mm. and people enjoying our content because you know we've been putting a lot of hours into this and we're trying to put more into it so we i mean it's only fair to want a little bit of a return on our investments it would just be an amazing thing to make something we love become our income I yep. think everybody yeah. should be. That's able, like yeah. our goal. I, I think. think that should be. Well, I would actually like it to eventually become part Ghost Hunter and Man versus Food, where we get to travel and document. Dude, straight up, <laughs> like okay, there. Here's my realistic goal. We all do well enough. We have enough listeners that we're able to monetize and turn this into our income and in, in our in our living, if not just cover our bills, which at this point we've made zero dollars from this podcast. Yep. But, like, ultimately, like, if I had everything, yeah, I want to go city to city and have contacts who set us up with um, urban legends and we go test things out. We film, you know, like, that would be so fun. I'm with you, Sean. I want to buy a 3 a.m. van where we travel around the country, record our episodes in Savannah, Georgia, in Montana, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. On location. That would be dope. And I think it'd be dope to do it with our listeners, too. Hell yeah. Like, I don't know. If we're getting that much, it only makes sense to give back, whether it's by doing a tour and doing these shows live so people can be in the room with us or in the woods and listen in on these stories. Or going to, like, travel to these places and find spooky stuff and just have fun and do do it with not only us, the boys here in the podcast, but maybe even some of the listeners. So, yeah. So if you're if you're listening to this right now, share this with one friend. 
And if you share it with one friend, tell them to share it with one friend. Yeah. If they don't want to listen, tie them down and make them. If, we, you, <laughs> if you do want to support, we are trying to make ways. Like we're making a Patreon. We're going to be coming out with our merch or like shirts mm-hmm. you can buy soon. Or at the very least, like, subscribe, download, rate, review, or share with one friend. All of that stuff, no matter how big or small, goes a huge way, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we haven't made any money, but that's because we don't have any avenues, real avenues for people to support us monetarily. So we're working on that for real. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, at the end of the day, like, if we don't make money from this, I'm okay with that. The money is re- really like a, a, a perk because we've been having fun the past year doing this True. for free. This has yeah. been one of my, <laughs> this is by far my favorite project I've ever embarked on in my life. And we've done a lot. Anyway, everyone out there, thank you so much. If you hung out for 3 a.m. after hours, <laughs> you real ones, get on you. <laughs> Uh, Bye, love you, be safe. Uh, Trust your guy, watch your back. Be careful out there. Happy New Year, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do? If someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you, would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.